Dr. Jeremiah, I told you. I wanted to go to the bistro today. Angus, for the last time, we've been to the bistro at least 14 times over these last few months. Listen, they are cheaper. We talk about saving and eating on a budget, but yet you want to go to these Olive Gardens. You want to go to the Red Lobsters or your place with the cheddar biscuits. The Cheddar Bay Biscuits are Red Lobster. Listen, I do not even care. We are going to the bistro. Oh, God, Angus, like I said, we've been there so many times. Can't we at least go someplace different for right now? Fine. We will go to the bagel shop next door. Oh, God, we've been there even more than the bistro. Listen, why do you not like breakfast sandwiches? I do like breakfast sandwiches, but I don't want to do it every day to the point where I get sick and tired of it. Listen, we will go there. Can't we at least go to McDonald's? Doctor. Do you know how much sodium is in that? Yeah, enough to kill a dog. And I will tell you... Why is the room melting? Angus, what are you doing? Why is the room turning blue and purple and melting? Okay, Angus, like, I know I know you like messing with me, but this is not funny. You need to stop. Uh, uh oh, holy crap. Yeah, the, the walls... Angus, what are you doing to my walls? Doctor, this is not me! Like, look, Mr. Radmanovich is on my on the last nerve with the two of us. We're on, like, razor thin. Doctor, you don't understand, I... You... Oh. oh, God. Like, what's going on? Where are we? Uh, I will tell you that this was not me. I don't believe you. Uh, Doctor... Do you really think I would want to go somewhere else right now? I mean, you summoned a snowstorm to get out of Black Friday, so anything's possible. Yes, but I could just vine you to a wall. You've done that before? In your sleep. I need cameras. Dr. Jeremiah, I will tell you this. We are out of here. I am flying away. Don't bother. You won't be able to escape. There's runes everywhere. Runes? Yeah, you don't see them? Who are you? What, what are you? Don't worry about me, man. Who are you? Uh, I am Angus the Death Hand, ruler of your realm, monarch to death. I'm lost right now. Yeah, seriously. Who are the, who are you two? Why are we here? Where are we? Sorry, I probably should have introduced myself first. My name is Charles Lemaire the Third, and this is my assistant. Well, he's more of a captive, but I consider him an assistant. Um, and yeah, you guys are our prisoners right now. Wait, prisoners? Yeah, prisoners. Wait, can can you do that? Yeah, let. Normally, when it comes to like summoning demons, you can actually just summon them through your soul, but we actually found out a loophole by using a laser disc of Sizzic Ink. Gotta love Reddit. What? what? La you summoned us through a laser? You have laser discs? Yes, yeah, they're surprisingly cheap on eBay. Uh, yeah, that I believe. Dr. Jeremiah, what are these laser discs? Air quotations. So, you know my DVDs? Yes! Picture those, but ten times bigger. Why would you need them bigger? It, it, it was the 80s. It was a very weird time. Like, anyway, we want to go home, whoever you are. Yeah, fat chance of that happening. 
What do you need us for? Research. Why do you need me? Wait, who the hell are you? I'm Dr. P.F. Jeremiah. How did you get through... Okay, I'm confused. Why are you associating yourself with a level 7 demon? Level... Level... You didn't tell me you were level 7, Angus. I'm actually S-class where I'm from. Oh, S-class. Man, I'm learning everything. Uh, well, a anyway, it's, it's a long story to get to the nitty-gritty of it. He... He stumbled in through a portal through another realm, destroyed the coffee shop, basically held me hostage to live with him, and we do a podcast together where we review movies. Why? Well, um, he's using it to try and take over the world, and I just needed a co-host to help me with movie reviews, and, you know, come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. It's not three, but two's company, too. Uh, okay, now I'm curious. <laughs> I do not know where I am at! You're in the Vatican. Wait, the Vatican? Like, the actual Vatican? Yes. Listen here, mortal, I do not know what this Vatican is, but I am leaving! Angus, this is like the most religious area on the planet, I don't know- Dr. Jeremiah, we do not cover religion on the show! Yeah, I get that, but we're somehow got summoned into the most religious area on the world, so... Can't wait, be a coincidence. Wait, how are you still alive? I figured you'd be in a ball of fire now. Listen, this is a mortal's body. I'm possessing it. Okay, fair enough. I am safe as long as I'm in this body. Remember the demons I told you about? Same thing. Uh, he is not safe in... He is safe in human... I am protected from sunlight! I am not the demons! Sunlight does not kill me! <laughs> <laughs> Doctor! Your chucklings bore me! I am out this door now! I mean... Yeah, try it! I dare you! Yeah... Ow. Yeah, whenever there's runes, you can't actually touch anything. So, yeah, you're here for the time being. I, f <sighs> I feel like you're breaking so many rules and laws right now. By this is Stockholm Syndrome! I will not enter any formal relationship with you. I know where you are getting with this. Okay. Okay, humor me. Dr. Jeremiah, he wants me to tell him jokes. No, that's not what I meant, you idiot. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, tell me what you think that I want from you. You obviously want to dissect me. You want to know everything about the Kriegans. Nah, nah, we have, we have enough information on, on that part of the Kriegans. In fact, I actually mutilated his mother not too long ago. Yeah, it really wasn't that bad, though. But he's not even Kriegan. He's just a mere demon. Actually, he's a half-breed. You mutilated his mother? What's wrong with you? Hey, we have to figure out what's inside of them. Hey, she was asking for it, am I right? Uh, Dr. Jeremiah, are we ever going to get home? Fingers crossed, my friend. Fingers crossed. I'm just going to go to this table, play with the mics, and pray we get out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I don't know how this happened, but somehow, me and my demonic roommate 
are in the Vatican, locked in a room, and we can't get out. We're being held against our will. So, if anybody hears this, Natalia, Bobbert, Javenger, Martha, I'll even take, not Dr. Cage. Dr. Cage, please help. Nope, not, not Dr. Cage. He doesn't need to help us. But anybody that can hear this, please come save me, Dr. P.F. Jeremiah. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. What's up, Angus? You forgot someone. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, and, and if you want to, you can save my interdimensional druid roommate, Angus the Death Hand, but more importantly, just save me. Excuse me there, Mr. Runeman. Sure. May I please have my magic so I can use my sound effects? What, and break out of here? Ha! <laughs> Fat dance. We can get you coffee, though. Oh, I've always wanted Italian coffee. Can I have some? I guess I will edit it in here, then. <laughs> I am Angus the Deathhand, ruler of the realm, prisoner of war, summoner of demons, and burner of local coffee shops. And I have this to ask you. Please rescue us so we may no longer be trapped here in your Vatican of Italy. Let me think about that. No. Well, we might as well introduce our captors while we're here. <clears throat> I guess that's fair enough. My name is Charles Lemaire III. I'm a demonologist who works for the Vatican, and this is my servant. Oscar. Oh, I see you have quite the... Dr. Jeremiah, look at this DVD collection. It's all cartoons. Oh, yeah. Oh, not just cartoons. Uh, uh, it's anime. Ah, the Japanese animation, of which I've heard you detest. I don't detest. That's a very unfair thing to say of me. As a doctor of entertainmentology, I never really got into anime. I hold no disrespect. I hold no ill will to any of the fans who do appreciate it. Unfortunately, when I was younger, it was never really something that struck me. So why are we here again? Uh, just want to pick at your brain a little bit. You see, we keep getting threats from, from other realms, and we want to know more about your, about your species, just in case an army of you comes across. Oh. A little science experiment. Well, not exactly like that. It's more like a therapy experiment. We did the science experiment to your mother last week. Ah, oh, that's true, that's true. Don't... Why do you keep bringing that up to him? He likes it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So you're telling me that you're just gonna hold us here captive? And yep. study me? Yes. Coffee? Dr. Jeremiah, I have an idea. Well, what's that, Angus? You want to study me, right? Correct. Mm. How about a podcast? Oh, okay. If... That will be enough for your dissection of me. You let us go. Okay, how about this? You do a podcast episode with me and Oscar on a film of my choosing, and I'll let you go. Why not? Okay, so so we have Ninja Scroll, probably not a good one. Uh, Shoujo Jibaki, no, not going to do that. School Days, definitely not. Ah, how about Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind? Ugh. 
And here we go! In the far distant post-apocalyptic future, the peaceful villagers of the Valley of the Wind live in a fragile harmony with mutant insects and toxic air. As the Tomikian army comes to stop the insects and try to bring peace back to the world, it is up to our plucky youngster, Nausicaa, to try and stop the Tomikians from destroying the insects, stopping the insects from destroying the Tomikians, and also trying to save the world. Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind stars Sir Patrick Stewart, Alison Lohman, Edward James Almost, Shia LaBeouf, and Uma Thurman for the American dub. And I must say, Doctor, this movie, it intrigued me. It seems that this could be a potential for your world in the next thousand years. Yeah, in this world, aren't all your people dead? My people never made it to this world. You're telling me there's more? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think we're doing re this amount of research on you? This is the first I'm hearing about it. Father, what have you been up to? Well, not anymore. We actually captured them and sent them off to other places of the world, so you can't actually find them. But they're alive! Some of them, yeah. Remember when I was talking to you about how Grace is at a farm? My race is doing farm work? Kind of. I'm very proud of them. It's about time that they contributed to society, like I have. I am so glad. Maybe they can work their way up to district managers for where they're at. Oh, we haven't really talked very much about like what's what actually is going on with these people. So, like, just, just give him this. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, hopefully, they can become district managers. Doctor, I heard that. Heard what? Yeah, heard what? I have a question for you. Sure. What if I asked you to kill every one of my race? Besides me and... Oscar. Oscar the Servant. Yeah, unfortunately, that isn't really up to me. There's a few people higher up on, on that. What if I can provide you information? Are, are you going to turn on your race? This would not be the first time, Doctor. Why do you think that I am here? Mm, that's a good point. He hasn't seen Dragon Ball Z. There's a lot of turning on your race in that. You, you turned him into one of these Japanese animation lovers? Well, yeah. If you, I mean, look at this wall. Anyway, back to the film. Do you have a waifu? I mean, who doesn't? Bulma. Anyway, I was intrigued with this Nausicaa character. She seemed to be one of those independent warriors of the wind. She was a female who stood up for herself. She led her people to peace and prosperity. She was someone who everyone admired and looked up to. I will agree to that. Um, being the fact that this was a movie that was made in the 80s, character development was really well done and kind of balanced out amongst all the characters. And yeah, I, I am going to agree with you that Nausicaa is probably the best example of what a strong female character should be in a movie. I think the difference between those characters nowadays and Nausicaa is that she's actually beloved by her village and 
actually has earned her knowledge and experience through previous battles. It's not just, hey, this is my first time doing this, and wow, look at this, I'm amazing at everything. I actually agree with you on, on that, but one thing that I actually no noticed is that, unlike all those Mary Sue characters that you talked about, she's also not surrendered her femininity, if that sort of makes sense, because um, you, you take a look at at not only the names that you mentioned, but also people like Brie Larson and Captain Marvel, Ripley for Alien, or even Bride from Kill Bill. All of them seem to have thrown away their femininity mainly because um, they sort of see that as like a weakness. But when it comes to the two main female characters in here, you actually see them sort of embra embracing that. Yeah, I will agree with you that uh, uh, Nausicaa is really like the perfect uh, example of like a strong female character but still has her doughy-eyed innocence and belief in humanity where Uma Thurman's character Kushana was basically the hardened embodiment of kind of the boss bee I take no prisoners strong female but from what I've gathered from her side of it is that she needed to be that way because she was basically in charge of all these men, and if she wasn't hard and nasty and vicious to these people, they wouldn't take her seriously. Yeah, and to be honest, there are several times in the movie where you sort of get the impression that her underlings don't even take her seriously, even when she's around on their presence. Uh, you could say that. I, I kind of got the vibe that they didn't respect her second-in-command more than they didn't respect her, because you kind of seem like he was definitely the best example of Alpha Beta, where he's definitely the beta of Uma Thurman's Alpha, but where he has no problems being the number two and kind of relishes being the number two and doesn't actually want to be in charge. Yeah, he makes that very clear several times. Definitely going ahead and saying like, oh, uh, I'm a soldier. You know what I'm saying? Making it clear that there's somebody else above him and he's fine with that. Yes, I'm totally fine with being the number two. It also doesn't help that when Uma Thurma's character uh, gets held, held captive and he's in charge, that's when everything goes to heck. Yeah, that's definitely when the poo hit the fan, when uh, he actually had to flex his uh, military muscle and it didn't really work out and people were basically on board to jump ship when he was in charge. And then what about that Lord Yupa? Why is he worshipped so much? He's someone that goes and scours the globe? Is he one of the village members? Is he just someone that's a passerby? We know nothing of his character. And why is he considered a legend? I mean, part of that definitely has to do with his great swordsmanship. I mean, he was an incredible fighter. We saw nothing of his swordsmanship except for one scene. He held it to his throat. That was pretty cool. While having a knife in his hand from Nausicaa. Yes, he has a high pain tolerance. That is clearly observable here. But Doctor, I have very little respect for this man. All he does is travel, and you barely see him in a sword fight. That character needed to be better utilized for more fights, more action sequences. Well, technically, you pose more of the seasoned veteran in the Valley of the Wind. Then why not have at least a flashback scene with him in his glory days? Think of Master Yoda. Sometimes you're not always going to be able to see what happens, just like real life. What do you mean? Well, the thing is, Lord Yuba was way past his prime, so they had to come up with a way to show that he was great. 
that's why there's that one scene that is your flashback to his glory days other than that you don't need to show it because they all know of him he's that clouded you're of my race tell me who is your mother what was her name Datari. you people killed Datari. yeah what about it i will tell you this she was a general in my father's army who vasted into the realm of Grindaria, and she went in there and conquered many villages and enslaved the bodies of thousands of villagers, and she took it with an iron fist. Yeah, I know. Do you even know who my father is? I don't even know who your father is. How much do you know about my race? Why do you think I'm interviewing you? I will tell you nothing. You're already giving me a lot of information just by doing this podcast. Tell us more about your family. Yeah, seriously, tell me more about your family. You haven't really even brought that up to me, and we've been living together for almost half a year. Doctor, it is obvious that you don't even pay attention. How many episodes have I put my father on for this podcast? Well, I just assume that's just you venting anger and frustration out because you have serious father issues. Doctor! It feels like you don't even pay attention to me. Do you even pay attention to me? Yes! I pay loads of attention to you. I have defended you to your colleagues, to Bobbitt and Natalia. I've even defended you to Dr. Cage. They have all made fun of you, and I tried to resurrect your credibility and made them realize that you were a powerful asset and needed the utmost respect and you don't even bother to pay attention when I speak to you. That's good information. Thank you for telling me that. How is that good information? I'm not done. Ooh, walked right into that one there, my friend. Anyway, you are someone who needs respect, and I have built that up in you. By bullying me, threatening me... Trying to get me murdered. I am trying to man you up, Doctor. Remember, I am teaching you magic. Setting me on a date with a psycho. Yeah, by the way, you haven't really taught me very much magic. When are we going to get into that? Well, we can start after someone releases me. Yeah, I do want to try and get out of here as much as possible. Nah, I still need more information. You keep continuing. Hey, Oscar, can you grab some gelato? Oh, absolutely. It's no problem. Anything else you want? Um, oh, yeah. Can you grab me one of those cool Italian sodas? I've heard those are really good. <laughs> yeah, it's no problem. I'll also get you a reference sheet for therapy. Thank you, I think. Tell me who's this therapist. I can't give you a name or anything, but let me tell you, you're going to be in good hands. Best therapist around. Helped me. Okay, this really kind of got off the rails pretty quickly. Why don't we get back to reviewing this movie that we watched? Why don't we get into the, the discussion about the war that was brewing between all the humans and the insects, and we can talk about, like, the technology. Anybody have any thoughts and opinions on that? Yeah, um, but before we talk about that, we need to talk about the creator Hayao Miyazaki's uh, experience uh, with war in general, because that's going to put you in the right mindset into it. And, analyzing this film. Uh, now, um, for myself, who is not an anime fan, and for the possible non-anime fans in the audience, can you tell me, can you give me like a brief summary of Hayao Miyazaki? 
Uh, Hayao Miyazaki is probably one of the most prolific anime directors of our time. Uh, he runs the, st the animation studio, Studio Ghibli, which has created prob probably some of the best anime films of all time, which include, includes My Neighbor Totoro, Howl's Moving Castle, and probably his most famous, Spirited Away, which actually won, won an Oscar for Best Animated Film. Yeah, um, I definitely knew about that one. That was the second animated feature to ever win for Best Animated Feature. But Doctor, I've been looking up here on my phone. It appears that he knows how to base his stories on your real-life instances. So in regards to your war topic, he appears to present your human race very accurately. It appears you humans don't even know how to learn from your mistakes. Even a thousand years later, you are all about war with each other, the carnage. You humans make me sick. Yeah, I can't really disagree with you on that. We can be very awful from time to time. Especially when you hold people captive! Yeah, I do gotta admit, that's not a cool move, bro. Hey! It was not intentional to bring you. I only want him. And there's pastries. Oh, yeah, that, that really is helping me out. I demand donuts. Well, I can get you that. Anything else? How about a nice calzone? <laughs> well, we got that, too. I'll be sure to bring it back. And tacos. This, this is Italy. They don't have tacos. Yeah. Ask for something with pasta. Donuts! <laughs> can, I, can I get some Alfredo? Yeah, no problem. I want to discuss your technology there, Doctor. Your technology, it is shaped like the bugs. Are you, tr are you trying to say that you humans need to adapt to survive? Yes, if you watch any post-apocalyptic movie whatsoever, the surviving humans always try to adapt to whatever scenario they are forced into. And being in this scenario, when you have dead gigantic bugs you basically use the remains from the carcasses of the dead gigantic bugs to make weaponry shields all sorts of stuff like that and actually in old native american days when they would hunt and kill their animals for food they would also use all the pieces to make weaponry uh, blankets find out ways for like oils and stuff like that is you become very resilient and adaptable to the scenario, any kind of scenario where you're in. They had their technology where they were trying to harness their poison force for their advantage by lighting your poisonous spores on fire and shielding yourselves like the bugs in the blend in. Really was a smart move. They were some of the most resourceful people around. I, I do agree with him. They are very resourceful. Do you have any wine? <laughs> we got wine. Don't dare. That's for communal. We can probably have a little. No. Do, do you have those wafers? You know I have those wafers. I eat them. Don't. <laughs> There's beer in the fridge. Give him that. Oh, I've always wanted Italian beer. Mr. Lamar. Yeah. The third. I was told that you Catholics on my phone here don't drink beer. Why are you breaking your code? Well, are any of you Catholics? No, I'm, I'm not Catholic. I was raised Catholic, but uh, it doesn't really mean anything down here. I'm currently being raised Catholic in my captivity. But well, are you Catholic right now? 
You might as well say that I am if I'm not allowed to leave here. Do you even know what Catholicism is? The thing <laughs> is, I don't think we are allowed to for the show. I mean, mm, yeah, fair point. The Greeks do it. Then take the beer. I don't drink alcohol, Charles. Well, no, you tech. Didn't you tell me old drinking stories about drinking mead with Bobbert during battle times? I went to an AA meeting recently. You've been to AA? Doctor, I am not always in your life. There are things that you don't know about me. I oh, mean, really? Tell me what those things are. I will tell you this, Mr. Priest. I enjoy movies, long walks on the beach, and I also like goats. Yeah, he does love goats. I think he loves those goats more than he loves anything else. Do you like my personal information? I know, I know that you lie, and those lies tell me a lot. Thank you. I have not lied. When have I ever lied? Just, just now. But it is true! That's another one. You obviously do not know me that well, then. I know your people well, well enough to know when they're lying, and I know a lie when I see one. Charles Lemaire! If it weren't for the fact that I am being bound by your magical effects, I would be using a deep voice. But I will tell you this. I am being assaulted by your racism here, and I do not appreciate you using your stereotypes of my people upon me. Our people? Yes, of course, our people. You have forced him into a religion that is not even of our realm. He literally just said that he wasn't practicing. Yeah, I mean, things change, man. Sometimes you grow up and you grow out of it. You have not lived. You must join me. You must join our people. Join within the ranks. Half-breed or not, you are Cregan! Thank you, but I have a job here. It's a nice internship. Are you paid? No. Join me, and I will make sure you are bathed in riches. <laughs> wow, you guys have croissants? We have actual currency in my domain. Hmm... Do I'll consider, but I only like croissants and Legos. Join me and you shall have infinite supply. I don't know. That's a good offer. Want to counter that? Hmm, Charles? You do realize that there's a chip in your neck that will shock you every time that, that you leave this building. Unfortunately, due to recent circumstances, I've decided I won't be taking that position. Oh, I am so sorry. Thank you for being so understanding. Really we, do appreciate it. I will get you free, don't worry. Thank you so much. And just to let you know, I can get you root beer as well. Oh, my favorite. The not your dad's root beer. Is it like this with you, with him, with me? Yeah. Uh, how do you get used to it? It kind of grows on you. By grows on you, do you mean like a drinking problem? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't really, like I said, I never really grew up with anime, so I don't really know much about Miyazaki, like apart from the fact that, you know, he won an Oscar for Spirited Away, so like, is there any more information about him that I should know about? Yeah, um, the main thing that you really need to keep in mind, especially when it comes to like the wars and stuff, is that he is a, is a really big pacifist. Um, like you're familiar with the, with the uh, bombing of wood, Japan's woodland cities in the, in 45, right? 
Yeah, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. No, there was actually um, a, other other cities that that they were bombed before before them. It would um, watch the watch the film Grave of the Fireflies, and you'll know what I'm talking about. So. Back in my days at the University of SUNY Green Island, uh, some of my closest college friends, uh, now Dr. Vruger and Dr. Minato, um, he actually kind of tried to breadcrumb me a little bit with anime. So he showed me a couple episodes of this Full Metal Alchemist, which were actually very good and very, very messed up story in that one. I only got two episodes into that and it was interesting. And he did actually introduce me to Grave of the Fireflies because for some reason he wanted to see me cry. I don't really understand that, but that was a very sad, sad movie. Okay, uh, the, the reason why I brought that up is because there are several scenes of, of uh, villages that ended up getting, getting bombed from, from, from planes. Are you familiar? Do you remember those scenes? Uh, yes, I do remember those scenes of uh, the planes flying over the, Jap- the Japanese villages. And bombing these villages and the two main character, the two children main characters, and spoiler alert to anybody that's listening, their their mother unfortunately passes away because of all those bombings. Yes, uh, those bombings are what I'm referring to because Miyazaki's hometown was actually bombed when he was around four or five years old. Basically, left left his town completely leveled, and. That, along with the fact that his father was against Japan's imperialism at the time, actually led him down the path of becoming a pacifist, learning information from anti-war philosophers at the time, and ended up joining the Japan Peace Committee in the 70s. That's interesting. Learn something new every day. Heck, even Howl's Moving Castle could be seen as an allegory against the Iraq War. That's for another day, my friend. That's for another day. So you're telling me this is an individual? who suffered war bombings and gunfire, and he was able to come out of it just being harsh to other people. And his own son, don't forget about that. He said that his first son's film was crap. This is a man of genius. It reminds me of an individual that I'm not going to discuss for informational purposes. Okay, your father got that. God, Angus, you're just so easy to read. Actually, it was not my father. Other family members. But I will also tell you this. This Miyazaki, I have respect for him. He has gone through turmoils and unfortunately probably psychologically scarred and brings it upon his children. Just like any warrior that goes into combat and comes back mentally scarred. I could think of worse scenarios he could have put his family through. Angus, how do you treat me in Natalia? I treat you very well. I treat you like... You're my children. You do realize Natalia hates you. You know, sometimes parents aren't always loved by their children. She's, like, trying to figure out ways to get rid of you on a daily basis. Well, you know, there are ways we can handle this. I will schedule us a therapy session with this doctor here. Like, she's trying to figure out ways to, like, end you. And, like I said... Therapy, Doctor. What do you think we are doing here? Therapy. No, we're being held against... Well, you're being held against your will. I'm unfortunately just along for the ride, like always. Doctor, we will get through this. Just have patience. Have love and respect like I do for you. You don't 
love and respect me. You hate me, and you stole my bedroom. You drank my pop-pop! We will get your pop-up back. We have more. I can get you more pop-ups whenever you want. There's only one pop-pop, and that was my pop-pop. And you drank him, you sicko. Mm. I do have his remains. Still. He was not completely digested. Can I have them back? And uh, Another time. I would like to go into nature, Doctor. Okay, what in particular of nature do you want to talk about? You humans and your pollution, how you treat your forests, how you treat your waters, how you treat your air. You pollute it. You contaminate it. Why? Because we're evil and it's a great way to save money. Watch some Captain Planet episodes and you'll understand. Then let me tell you something, Doctor. What these thousand years that you are going to go through, it's actually going to happen. Here in this movie, it's the best representation. Your forest will be poisoned. The air will become unbreathable. Your very oceans will become undrinkable. And what will you have to do but blame yourselves for these giant deformed creatures? Well, no, you're forgetting one thing about humanity. It's we don't blame ourselves. We blame other people. And that is why you went to war with each other, because you were too busy blaming each other when, in fact, you were not willing to correct yourselves. Unfortunately, that's one of the greatest flaws of humanity. So let me tell you this, Doctor. I will give you a prime example. Your COVID. Unspecified virus of unknown origins. Your unspecified virus of unknown origins created in Japan. No, 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 no. Not by the Japan. The Americas? No, no. We don't know where it came from. The unspecified virus of unknown origin. From unknown lands. We shall call it your Brovid. Your Brovid number. 420. Your Brovid 420. Your Brovid 420. When when your government shut down everything, your world started to correct itself. The ocean levels descended. You were seeing parts of Italy that were uncovered because of your ocean levels descending that were hundreds of years old. Your ozone was repairing itself. The skies were bluer and your air was more breathable. For a short period of time, but then you humans had to go and repollute your lands, and it's getting worse. And your temperatures are rising. Well, yeah, because I needed to go get groceries, and my hair was getting out of control. And that's why you need to use your legs, Doctor. And why I shall teach you magic. I will be holding my breath on that one. You know what, Charles, Oscar... We haven't heard anything from you guys in a while. Why don't we talk about the ending? Sure. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, one thing that I actually find kind of interesting is that pretty much the only reason why the ending even happened to begin with is that the Pegites, the other people that were involved, ended up being no better than the Tomikians and ended up kitten kidnapping a baby insect, causing pretty much millions of them to go, go insane. And when Nausicaa ends up getting the baby insect back... Sort of fulfilled some sort of prophecy where a blue robed figure would 
be walking through a golden field, but that field was actually the Ohm's tentacles bringing Nausicaa back to life, considering that they trampled all over her. It was a valid thing to think about, definitely. I mean, it was the fact that this whole time, maybe the Tlamekians, um, the people of the valley, the insects, they all had the potential to help each other and be each other's solutions, but they were continually being each other's problems. But on the other hand, you have Nasca who goes out her way to save the baby Ohm, uh, making peace with them. So something like that helps bring everybody together ultimately, even though beforehand they were tearing each other up. Oscar, that was really beautiful and that was really well said and well spoken. Like, it was really amazing, my friend. But let me tell you something, Doctor. You humans, you will rebuild. You will begin to form peace, but war will break out again. It always does. History repeats itself, just like Grandaria. They, they've went through four scourges, four time resets, because they were not willing to try to learn to agree and to try to build peace and maintain that peace. Unfortunately, that is part of the great circle of life, where peace becomes the world. We live in beautiful harmony. And then something happens that just knocks the domino over and we start all over again. Maybe Nosco is trying to teach us that it's about how we respond to it. You know, I never thought of it that way. Oscar, you really bring a really great perspective to a lot of this stuff. Like, I'm really sad that you're stuck here with this guy. <laughs> it's no problem. The pay is wonderful, or lack of. So now we're going to get into all our final thoughts. And I'm now going to have Angus start off first on his final thoughts. I will tell you this, we recently covered the Iron Giant, and I believe that the Iron Giant is a prequel to this movie. The movie ends up involving giant robots in the beginning, tearing your world apart. And I believe that these were the Iron Giants that came from another world, wreaking havoc upon you humans. And the only way that you were able to save yourselves was because of your war and Burning them down. So we need to stop Heidi Keanu? Um, who, who are you talking about? Eh, never mind. Okay. Yeah, I do not know who that is. Uh, I'm confused, but that's nothing out of the ordinary for me. Um, 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 Oscar, what were your final thoughts of the movie? Uh, overall, I thought it was a pretty great film. Explored a lot of different themes deals with a young woman growing up and becoming so much more than she could have possibly imagined through adversity. Something that was seen as her greatest weakness, her kindness, was truly her greatest strength. God dang, Oscar, you just amaze me every time you speak. Thank you so much. I learned a lot from my mother before she, you know. We definitely need to get you some help on that. Charles! Charlie! What of your thoughts? Well, to be completely honest, I think this film's a masterpiece. I mean, it <laughs> jump-started probably one of the greatest animated studios of all time, and you can clearly see why. I mean, I mean, it's animated beautifully, especially from the 80s. It's acted br brilliantly. There are fantastic themes of feminism, anti-war, environmentalism. To be completely honest, if you're a beginner in anime, this is actually a pretty great place to start. And as always, Doctor, your final thoughts. Well, Angus, thank you for bringing that up. Yes, as I stated in the beginning, that I never really got into anime. This is my first forte into reviewing anime, so I kind of am looking at this through this perspective of a film critic. 
And my first time watching this is like, this was a very, this was a very good movie. I had a blast watching this. I feel like probably the one thing that I liked the most about it was that it was a very 80s movie. Like, just the way it was animated, it was definitely giving you like the old school 80s vibe. I love the soundtrack. I love the music into this, in the movie. It was just a lot of like, almost like old school video game, video game music in it, but it fit really well. Um, really well casted for the, vo- for the American voice actors especially Patrick Stewart. But to be honest, you know, Patrick Stewart could read the instruction manual to a Barbie dream house and it would sound like a Shakespearean masterpiece. (laughs) For anyone who really does want to try and give anime a fair shot, I will agree with Charles here that this is a really good sample to get yourself introduced into anime and then devolve into further and further, especially with a lot of the Miyazaki movies, because I've always heard great things about Miyazaki and all his movies. Overall, a very joyful watch from my personal opinion. It really blended very well with the the whimsy sci-fi fantasy and the brutal harshness of the dark ending. If you want to give anime a try, definitely give this a watch. Go to your local Barnes and Nobles. They do have a very fast selection of Miyazaki movies. So give this a watch. And I have a question for you, Charles. Sure. Your runes. Allow me to ask you one question. No. I can answer that. No. Your your runes. They only stop demonic magic, correct? Um, to my knowledge, yes. They do not stop Trudaic magic. Um, also to my knowledge, yes, that would be correct. Doctor, we are busting out of here! Oh, okay, how? Just watch. Hang on a second. I got an email from the Pope, you guys can go free. Wait, we are set free? Yeah, however, there are some limitations. You know, I'm really just noticing, this is a really nice room- Oh, crap! What the heck? That was my research materials! Oh. Oh god, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, Doctor the Fire, it's spread. Why did that hit oil? Yeah, why is there oil? And never, and never mind, I gotta get you back to where you were. No! What is that? Is that an owl? Or is that a bear? Oh, that was his servant to pay more! I'm free! Come, Oscar, join us! Oscar, hold my hand. Let's go! Do you like New York? <laughs> Anywhere that's not here sounds great. Oh, hold on! Wild shape! we get home from here, Doctor? Do you have a GPS? I do, but it doesn't work across oceans. Once you sit, uh, just keep, okay, keep flying west. Once we see the Statue of Liberty, we know we're at least close to home. Fair enough. Hey, Oscar, it's, I hope you don't mind, but my place is a little cramped, so you're probably gonna have to share a living room with me. <laughs> Not a problem. Pizza cage any day.
am Oscar the Invincible One! Louder! I am Oscar the Invincible One! My whole life, everyone's always looked down at me, treated me as lesser. Especially my mom, I hate her. Glad she's dead. But now that changes. From this day forward, I am a changed Kriegan. And I will do whatever it takes for people to respect me and know me as more than an intern and a servant. Do you need coffee? Ah yes, you are getting your demonic voice in well. I am teaching you the values of your race. And standing tall for intimidation. Dr. Jeremiah, how is he doing? He's doing pretty good. He's got he's got a lot of passion and he's got a lot of pain behind that voice. And, <laughs> and how are you doing with your fire summoning? Um, you know, I'm doing I think I'm doing okay. You want want me to show you? Sure! Viratu, Maratu, Shmorira. Uh Doctor, that was your picture of you and Natalia. Oh crap. Oh no, that was her favorite picture of her, me, her, and her son together. Oh, damn, she's gonna be mad at me at that one. We won't tell her. How's it going, sexy mamas and handsome daddies? This is Jeremy, who plays Dr. P.F. Jeremiah. Hello, I am David, and I play Angus the Death Hand. We want to give a special shout out to our two special guest stars, David and Tony, for joining us on this episode of Dr. P.F. Jeremiah and his Infernal Roommate podcast. Uh, thank, thank you for having us. Yeah, I really do appreciate it. It's been real. I just want to make one thing clear. I do not work for the Vatican. <laughs> I am, I'm actually a meteorologist for a for a weather routing company called Weather Routing Incorporated. I don't know if your listeners have yachts or anything, but we actually give forecasts for uh, people who have yachts. And because most yachts are actually tracked using a system called AIS, basically GPS, but over water, um, we're actually able to determine point by point exactly what the what the weather conditions are, what how how big the the wave heights are going to be, what the wind's going to be, um, based on um, where exactly you're traveling and how you're going to travel to it. So if so if you if you have a yacht, know somebody who has a yacht, or you just need maritime weather, I'd recommend checking out uh, Weather Routing Inc. Inc. at wriwx.com. And if by any chance there are any listeners in our audience that do have a yacht, please give myself and Dave a call. We would love to go on a yacht. 